it's like I know it has a plot, but at the same time, I can't really distinguish how they're going to make it a 16-episode K-drama. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Like, if it was, like, eight episodes, I'd be like, okay, eight episodes of them figuring out how to, like, get past their demons that were caused by this terrible trauma. But we're two episodes in. Nope, we're four episodes in. I have watched four. I just I had promise. a heart attack, but like we good. <laughs> the whole last episode was uh, about rain on a <laughs> construction site being really dangerous. So there's proof that I watched it. We had to start recording because I'm so worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to discuss all about it. Yeah, so this week we are doing the. We started a new K drama, and I'm starting off really right. So we started just between lovers. We watched the first four episodes and we're here to review it and tell you guys how much we love it. I love it so much. I watched it in November. I started it in November. It's January now. I started it, I think I watched five episodes. I thought I had self-control. I thought I watched four, but I was too (laughs) worried about that cliffhanger at the end of episode four so i definitely watched five episodes because i know what happens next oh what spoilers i know i'm the worst i have no self-control but tell me everything (laughs) you'll see it you'll see it it's exciting but i don't know as exciting as this show gets which is not crazy no, it's very it's very dreamy and melancholic. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet little comfortable drama. Yeah. That made it sound like our friend made it. Our friends <laughs> produced a sweet little drama that we just want you guys to go out and support. Go see it. If they want to be our friends, they can. They can. But this is a masterpiece, and it is beautiful. It just has such its own vibe from any other drama I've ever seen. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an unusual drama for what we typically review on Play on K. Um, something that ke- kept running through my head about, I guess, the whole vibe that the show has is that it really reminds me of a Studio Ghibli film. Whoa, I didn't even think of that. I don't know. It definitely the soundtrack. Like, for sure, that reminds me of it. And then I think it is just kind of that almost... It's like there's so many contemplative moments where you just kind of sit with, like, the vibe of, like, a character who's just dealing with some stuff quietly on their own. And it's really beautifully done. It really is... It's gorgeous. It's so pretty. There is so much thought put into every shot that they take and that's why I started this drama it was actually recommended on like reddit or something as a very aesthetic drama like every scene is super beautiful 
And I'm really glad that I read that before going into the drama because it made me stop and appreciate every single shot. And I freaking, I can't get enough. I love looking at this drama. It's very artistic because we've seen like very recently, uh, we've watched high production value dramas. And I wouldn't necessarily say this one. I mean, it the production value is not any like it's amazing, but it's not. I guess this is like watching an Oscar winning film versus what like the Marvel movies we've been watching, you know? (gasps) Yeah, that's a really good comparison. They both, yeah, they both have maybe the same budget, but they used it wildly differently. Yes. I don't know if they live in Seoul. I just assumed they do. I assume every K-drama takes place in right? Seoul, Unless honestly. they say we're in Jeju Island, you're probably in Seoul. Yeah. But um, I, I love K-dramas that have like these really cheap rooftop apartments with views of the entire city. <laughs> and I'm like, right? is that what like, it's like? Garbage couch with all of their beer cans, but then also like the world's best view. Mm-hmm. Both both of our leads have these incredible views from their homes that are, I mean, obviously they did great for the drama. I just am curious. If anyone lives in Seoul and listens to this, like, is that just how poor people live there? Because, like, opposite for me when I'm poor. <laughs> Definitely basement, tiny window vibes over here. Mm-hmm. Not all of us can just have a beautiful rooftop. But then you see them climbing up the hills and you're like, and maybe that's it. Maybe there's just less hills where I'm at. And uh, I'm glad I don't have to trek up those hills. Yeah, I don't think I've ever lived... We grew up in a mountain town and I've never seen just like views like that from our mountain town. Yeah. I, which is not to say it's not very beautiful, but there's just not, like, a beautiful city view. Yeah, really. there's just not the city, I guess, is the problem. Yeah, we grew up in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely, uh... That helps. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> that is what it was missing. But, yeah, I don't know if it's uh, something that's true to life, but I think it's absolutely stunning, and I've seen it in a few dramas where... The poorest people have the most beautiful views, and I live for it. I live for this dream world that we're in. Right? It's It feels a bit like um, watching Friends and how they all <laughs> live in New York City but have the world's biggest apartments, and one of them is a waitress. Uh-huh. But it's fine. She just has, like, a giant apartment. It's fine. She lives with two friends, Raquel. Okay? Um, you're being unreasonable, Raquel. You're being unreasonable. She has roommates. She's not alone. <laughs> That's what I assume in, like, my little headcanon that I use to reason with these beautiful views that these people who are obviously in financial turmoil have is um, that maybe they just, their parents were able to buy the land long before, like, for example, the bathhouse that she lives in. Just assume that been in the family for a while maybe it's paid off i don't really know how like that lady that was like yelling at her mom for being drunk was like you bought the bathhouse with all the money that you sold your daughter out with i forgot that that was a low blow yep 
That's pretty messed up. I just feel like maybe it's best if you don't use people's dead children against them, no matter how awful they are. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could look someone in the eye and say that no matter how drunk and belligerent they were being. No. You never know. I won't judge that lady too harshly. Everyone's got hard lives, as we now know from this sad, sad drama. Yeah, everyone's dealing with something. Like, dang. Let's take a journey through sympathy and really get into this drama. I'm so excited. I am grateful every day for my blessed good, good life. And I'm excited for a lesson in compassion and Mm -hmm. understanding where the people around us may not be going through what we're going through. That is what this has felt like. It's a major theme where we're all learning how to be more compassionate people that uh, don't dole out judgment to those around us, which God knows we need more of that. So kudos to this K-drama, but man, oh man, is it just pulling out all of the stops to make those feels happen? Let's start with, okay, we already started with the cinematography and the beautiful views. Let's second start with all the wisdom that comes out. We got Literally every character had a very wise thing to say at some point, like, wow, I wrote down 90% of my notes are just quotes from this beautifully scripted drama. But we got the grandma and the e, the owner of the club. I just listed her as Nuna. Nuna. We'll just call her Nuna. We'll just call her I, Nuna. We, we all know, listeners, you're in on this. You've been here for a while. We all know Raquel didn't write down the fucking name, so... <laughs> and if Emily didn't write it down, then we just don't have it. And we just don't have it. Nobody knows it. So we got <laughs> Grandma and we got Nuna, and these two are pulling out wisdom every other line. Like, these ladies, come on. Do you want yeah. me to cry? Because I will. I'll do it. I'll cry. Yeah. Sit down and listen to some wise women dole out some life lessons. Dang. I'm living for it. What's your favorite one? Read one of their quotes. Make me cry. Okay, um, all of them are my favorite. So this isn't my favorite, but it's a really good one. It's when Gongdu and his grandma, not his grandma, a grandma that he loves, <laughs> were talking on the playground. I'm pretty sure after three months, this was a scene that like I could almost remember every word to because it's so impactful, where he's asking, like, knowledge is power, but ignorance is bliss. Which is better? And she says, uh, the knowledge lies in knowing that, or the power lies in knowing that ignorance is bliss and letting someone experience that. But I wrote down, it doesn't mean someone is in more pain just because he cries louder. Whoa. Oof, grandma. 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 Just let me sit with that one, I guess. Makes you I'm, think. I'm a loud crier, for sure. I am, too. I'm a complainer. I will be the first person to admit that. I'm a squeaky wheel. I'm a squeaky wheel. And I feel like, not to call him out, Gongdu has been through so much, and he deserves to cry about it. But I do appreciate that they were talking about, Loki talking about Gongdu and Moonsu. And Moonsu is just like a chin-up... She's going to take care of literally everybody else and not deal with her own stuff any of the time kind of person. 
Yep. And this um, grandma's over here like, just because she's not crying in front of you doesn't mean she's got no problems, bro. Yeah. She could be very well suffering at least as much as you. Thanks, Grandma. Thanks, Grandma. Okay, well, definitely thinking about that one when I interact with everyone in the world from now on. Here we are. Yeah, well, this drama will probably make us better people. I hope so. I have room for improvement, I'm going to say it. 2020 is the year where I try to be less judgmental and just kinder. Probably mostly less judgmental, because, you know, I don't talk much. I'm a very quiet person. But the things that go on inside my head aren't always the nicest. And I think 2020 is the year we work on that. We acknowledge that maybe the thoughts in our head is where we need to start improving. That's a good goal. I think for me, uh, and where this K-drama is taking me, is that 2020 is my year that I learned to uh, stop talking so much. (laughs) Maybe not complain super loudly (laughs) about everything. (laughs) Oh, it's hard because I I want to encourage you to pursue your goals, but I also think you're just perfect, and a lot of people really like you the way you are. So I'm like, don't ever change, Raquel. Don't change anything. You're not allowed to have (laughs) goals for improvement because you're perfect already. (laughs) So especially, like, not talking as much. I think it's a skill that you are very good at talking, and I don't want you to stop. Thank you. I think it draws people to you. I think you're the nicest person I've ever met, and you're my hero. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Rika. You're welcome. I give a compliment, and you throw it back times two. (laughs) That's really nice. Thanks. Thanks, bud. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and that's the podcast. Thank you so much for being here for 15 minutes with us while we talked about how this K-drama made us a better, a better, two better people. Two better people, mostly to each other, because it's kind of all we talk to. Yeah, honestly, though. We're going to work on talking to more people this year and being nicer <laughs> when we do. And uh, more sincere, I guess. Um, what did you think of our cast of characters? So... Something that I just want to get out of the way, that if you've been listening up to this point, and M probably already knows it, um, I have a favorite character. Can you guess who? Is it, um, is it Juwan? I don't know. That's okay. the, that's the architect, right? Yeah, that's the good yep. boy. Yeah, the good boy. Okay, so listen, they've done it again. Okay, remember how five minutes ago we were saying that this was the most beautiful and perfect K-drama? Tis not. Yeah, I'm ready to bring out the claws. I cannot... I I know. Why do they give us secondary male leads that I can't get enough of? Like, I just... So this K-drama has gotten as close as maybe any that I've seen so far to having very comparable primary and secondary male leads, which is to say, I also love uh, Gongdu, but boy, howdy, am I obs- am I obsessed with the good boy. What's his name again? Say it one more time. Juwan. Juwan. I'm going to read it uh, every time because I, I remember our two main leads, but not Juwan. Yeah. So anyway, I guess where I'm at is that uh, we were talking about it right before we jumped on the podcast. I've been reading some like romance web comics. I've been like feeling the romance lately. It's been like maybe 
maybe like three or four days of me like really engrossing myself in like this romantic headspace and then all of a sudden this k-drum was like here is someone for you to have a gigantic crush on (laughs) how does that feel how does it feel to have a gigantic crush on a fictional character raquel it doesn't feel great i'm a little bit upset i'm gonna (laughs) that much for sure um i don't like a second male lead who has no flaws he has literally zero flaws so far. <laughs> they give him, like, almost something... Like, he starts to act kind of sketchy when he meets Gongdu, and he's like, I'm gonna hire you to spy on the construction site and, like, bring me information. And then he's like, it's for the safety of all the people that could be killed if there's a potential accident. Like, get up! Juwan, stop <laughs> being good for one second. Do something bad so that I can not like you for the lead role. For a minute, yeah. For like a minute, I just need like a break from really, really liking you. You're great, and I hate that. We have a scene where our best friend uh, gives some advice to Minsu, and she's like, when you got two guys, you're always going to go for the bad boy. Nobody likes the boring good boy. And so I guess that's the, the whole drama now. Yeah, maybe that's his flaw, though. Like, <laughs> he's a little bit boring. I mean, I'll give her that. He yeah. doesn't have, like, a bunch going on. But I no- guess I'm a sucker for, like, a boring boy, though. <laughs> some <laughs> yeah, people like bad boys and some people like boring boys. And I like the boring boys. I definitely also like boring boys in real life. I think it's a healthier choice for women to pick the boring boys. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pick somebody you think you can fix or you think you can change. No, that's never a good way to go. He's just so good at flirting, too. Let's say Gongdu was not in this drama. Can we watch <laughs> the progression between Juwan and Munsu and all their little interactions? Like, he is so good at flirting. Every moment of their interactions. I don't know how she isn't a puddle in his hands right now. I am. He's it's got me. She's so she's so real. She's like a real person where she's like, I don't know. I don't know if he actually likes me or if he's just being really nice. And yeah. like me times a hundred. I do feel that though. I yeah. I don't I hate saying sentences like this because it makes it sound like it happens to me all the time it does not but when when someone is interested in me I typically don't know what's happening even when or it's obvious and I do know what's happening and then I pretend I don't know what's happening <laughs> I don't want oh no yeah <laughs> uh oh yeah I don't think anyone's ever flirted with me but like if it did happen I wouldn't know it was happening I know that for certain <laughs> This dude literally says, like, nobody can berate you in the meeting because you belong to me. And I was like, oh, sir, my heart's <laughs> fluttering. It's not a cool thing to say as a CEO. Yeah, Definitely a crossed crazy. a line. Yeah. But, like, if you wanted her to receive the message, apparently go go strong. Um, mm-hmm. She's pretty dense. And uh, yeah. message still not really received. She did no. not take that the way I took that. Remember that time he made her lunch in her lunchbox and then told her, I really like your drawings? And her friend was like, he's clearly obsessed with you. And she was like, no. I get that. And I love to watch it on TV (laughs) because it's so funny. 
in like a really sad mirror way. That lunch looked really good. It did. Good for you, bro. You're trying real hard. Yeah. I feel so sad for him already because we all know that it's not going to work out for him and I don't want him to be lonely. They showed a little snippet at the very end of the last ep- of episode four that like broke my heart and we're not even <laughs> at that part in the K-drama where uh, he's walking past and sees her working and he has the most heartwarming, beautiful smile on his face and then you see it melt as she smiles at Gong do as he walks over to her and fuck oh poor buddy poor buddy i am already hurting for him yeah it's hard i want to be like he only likes her because he sort of pities her but it seems like he likes her because she's really smart and very hardworking and driven and like (sighs) can you please just have one flaw you seem like a just pure good dude what a good boy what a good boy and i want this drama to have a happy ending for you but so far you like a girl who is falling for another guy and the girl who likes you is a crazy person and also your sister now yep and broke your heart a while ago apparently just like trashed you so just like trashed you but also kept you in her back pocket like I'm gonna come back, and we're just gonna pretend none of that ever happened. Like, girl, you've been a crazy pants. Yep. Something, it's one of the very interesting, and I'd say, like, at least to some extent realistic aspects of a K-drama, is that they will give you a secondary lead that you're hoping that they will find another romance for or something that will give them, like, their own thing to focus on, and then instead... They will just make them be alone at the end. And I see that happening. It happens a lot. I see that happening with uh, with Juwan. 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 I see it happening already. We're there. We're there. I'm watching it before my eyes. And I just... Here's the thing. I am the last person to think that maybe a person has to have romance to be complete or like has to be in a relationship to be complete. Like maybe they will give him a great happiness outside of romance. And I really hope they do if yeah. if they're going to break his heart like this. But at the same time, it's still hard to spend a K-drama watching this person get crushed when they do want that like they do want that romance in their life they do want to pursue it with someone and then to like watch that just not happen for them and then at the end you have to like find a way to be happy for them still yeah i really need his bromance with gongdu to take off because they've got the inklings of it but i think maybe part of his healing process over his tiny little heartbreak of getting his crush stolen out from under him is uh, it's going to come from having a good bromance with a new <laughs> friend. I don't know. I'm just trying to find some consolation prize for Juwan because <laughs> I also see him not getting a happy ending. Yep. Like you said, you can be happy being single. He can be happy being alone. But we've already established that he's got a big old crush on this girl that likes another dude, and that's going to be a good portion of the drama, is uh, watching him come to terms with not being with her. Yep. Good luck, Juwan. Good luck, Juwan. 
That really sucks. You seem super nice. Like, that scene where he says his brother isn't a bad guy, I think that proves forever that Juan is a saint. Yep. Actually flawless. At the end of this, they are going to, he's going to ascend into heaven as an angel. <laughs> you die. That's your, that's your happy ending is that you die. <laughs> and you go to heaven and that's nice. There you go. But, uh, that's the, that's the best we could give you, bro. <laughs> um, our two main leads, I love, I love them. I love them. And they're them. not perfect. No, they have a grip of issues. <laughs> A suitcase, if you will. <laughs> Baggage. It's, yeah, it's their, they've got a lot. But I mm-hmm. love them so much, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to see their character development. I've already actually really enjoyed, they're very full characters, and it's, we're right out of the gate, and they've already been developed super, super well, which is awesome. I feel like I know them and how they will react to situations already while still knowing that they have a lot of capacity for growth and to change. And we're four episodes in, y'all. And they've already, they've given us a young man who acts cynical but wants to believe there's good in everyone and lives with chronic pain and... Then we've got a young woman who's just trying to, like, carry everyone in her life so that no one has to be hurting as much as she is and thinks that they probably are. And she knows that it's not working with everyone like her mom and her dad. And damn, what are y'all doing? (laughs) What is this? Why do I have to feel so much? Also, all of her outfits are everything I wanted to dress like when I was, uh, like, 22 and studying engineering and thought I would be an architect. I wanted to be her. I wanted to look like her. I wanted to have my collared shirts under all of my sweaters. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get that out right now. I wanted to wear a low ponytail without looking like a founding father. You can't. Not allowed. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's her thing. That's her thing. <laughs> she looks so good. Every single day without trying at all. I don't know. Oh my god. Oh, that just reminded me. One of my favorite things about this whole freaking drama, which is so weird and so minute, is her relationship with Somi, her coworker. Like, Munso and Somi's relationship is just, it brings me such delight to watch them not be stereotyped, I guess where they both have their their things and they're not they weren't decided as like characters to either be best friends immediately or enemies forever like most shows decide that and it's fine writing it's a fair approach but this show is like let's do both let's have them fight sometimes and also try and develop a relationship but they're not going to be best friends they're still just coworkers it's done so realistically cuz i have I don't want to say like I have that exact relationship with any of my coworkers, but I do have people that I work with that I kind of don't really enjoy, but also like I'm a rational person that wants to get along with other people pr- pretty well, and so are they. Like, and I don't think they enjoy me. I'm fairly sure they don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just so realistic to have this situation where you're kind of 
tiptoeing around each other, but also you're kind of around each other constantly. So you're just trying to be amicable. And sometimes you're almost like friends, but mostly you're just trying to get by in the same room together. Yeah, their conflict resolution skills are so wonderful to watch, where both of them have such differing opinions. And they they boil it down to like the skincare issue. But it's it's clearly just a representation. Like in the bathroom, they have a conversation where Somi's like, "I feel like caring about skincare and makeup lets other women perceive me as like a bimbo, and that's not fair. That's not right. And if you see me as that, then I need you to know that that's not who I am, and that's." You're not trying to get to know me if you just put me in a box and say that we're too different to understand each other. You are in the wrong by thinking that way, but without being that accusatory, I guess, or without being super emotional about it. She's just like, I know how this could make me be perceived, and I'm not that way, and that's not right. I'm explaining it so bad. And I love it so much. Yeah, just to have that dynamic and also to kind of confront that they are very different. But like you said, they're not stereotypes either necessarily. They just, they're so different. And to have that moment where she's like, you and I are incredibly different. And then to also have that moment of misunderstanding where Moon Su Mm -hmm. isn't trying to laugh at her as it's to me it was almost like a laugh of relief like a okay we're moving past our issues and instead it was like interpreted all wrong so realistic like misunderstanding when you're two very different people and reacting to the situation differently and everything's already too tense and yeah it's very good it's very good and they're not reacting to each other like characters they're reacting to each other like people I just love to watch it. I love watching their relationship. Ah, oh, every relationship in this show is so good. The relationship between Moon Su and her best friend, and Gong Du and his best friend. Like, what? Yes. What are we doing over here, y'all? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm watching people interact, and it is amazing. These actors are amazing, and the writing and scripting is stunning. So good. It's all just so well done. There was a part that I really, really, really appreciated um, where she had been prying into his personal life and he said, you don't get to just disregard like my emotions because you're curious. And if you're doing that, then you're a bad person. And Like, I think that maybe that's taking it a little far to just be like, you're a bad person. But that said, like, the fact that she later goes, like, and finds him just so she can say, you were right, I did that, and I've been uncomfortable all day, like, sitting with the feeling that I was wrong and I just wanted to apologize. And I was like, oh, you are so emotionally mature. Both of them. Like, obviously it was a defense mechanism on his part, but... To be able to say, like, you're making me very uncomfortable by just pushing with your questions. And yeah, like you said, maybe took it a bit too far by calling her a bad person, but I think it was kind of the push she needed to snap out of 
Clearly she just has a crush on this guy, and she doesn't know how to act like a person, which is generally just very adorable to watch. Her being mm-hmm. super weird all the time. But <laughs> she kind of forgets how to act like a person sometimes, and I think it's, yeah, really reasonable and really realistic to watch him put up this line and say, like, just so you know, we are still a little bit strangers, and you're asking me very personal questions. Yeah. Oh. Dang. Dang. You write, when you write, you write. <laughs> Everything. Everything. I love this show. I love Junwoo's awful family. Juwon. Juwon's awful mm-hmm. family. I love to hate him. Yeah. And I love to have people I to also, hate. I'm trying to decide just how bad his brother-in-law... Brother-in-law... Brother? brother Step-brother? Step-brother? <laughs> I think step-brother. We'll go with stepbrother. I'm trying to decide just how bad his stepbrother is going to be. Because actually there have been a few moments where he seems either poised to be extremely awful or coming around to being less awful. I was trying to figure out that whole paying for the memorial thing. Yeah, that one scene. <laughs> oh, because every other scene is pretty well like, yeah, he seems like a D-bag. But that scene... He seems to be talking to Gangdu almost like a person. And he still belittles him, but not as much as usual. Yeah. What? What's happening? Is this a trap? If anyone is a terrible person, though, I'm starting to suspect it's the woman that wants to date Juwon. That's fair. Can't think of her name. The director. Yeah. Uh, she's a manager. So we've got manager <laughs> Jong and director Jong. And they do okay. have names that we can get to later. Yeah, that's <laughs> an, a, a podcast episode two thing. <laughs> that's obviously we always introduce the names of other characters, like secondary and tertiary characters later in the second episode. Yeah. That's how it works here at Play on Care. Right now, she is the manager, and her brother is the director, and that's fine. They have the same surname, so you might be confused, but uh. I just want to say first off that she is the most beautiful person to ever exist. Mm-hmm. She is like a human doll. Yeah. Perfect proportions, perfect skin, perfect hair. What's happening? How is she real? What? What are you? What? What's in that water you're drinking? <laughs> Can I have some? Can I have some? Are you from this planet? <laughs> what's happening? Is this reality still? But yeah, she seems like a bad guy. And I think that's really cool because her face makes me love her. Mm-hmm. But her actions make me really not. Same. I'm interested to see exactly how she plays out because I'm worried about how much she's able, she's been able to dig up how much information and if she will use it in a way that is sensible or if she will use it in a way that just is meant to hurt other people. We are four episodes in, and she's already going after Gongdu. And I'm like, boy has enough troubles. Can you please leave him be? Yeah. Oh, poor Gongdu. That's the last thing he needs. Yep. But uh, we'll see. We don't know what she's capable of. So this is terrifying. It's a bad spot to be in. But E. E. I'm excited. 
I love a villain. I love a villain. And she's got a whole team. She's got a whole family of villains. I think the real bad guy is her dad, the sickly bajillionaire. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, One thing I am excited to talk about is that... We got the little okay, so the teenager that played the teenage Gongdu. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he was in the last drama we watched, and I don't want to get spoilery. We watched Hotel de Luna last time. I don't think it's spoilery to say that he plays like a he he played the god, the water god. Okay, I didn't recognize him because I'm an idiot, but you know he, <laughs> he did that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was him, and then, yeah, he was the teenage counterpart to um, a character in While You Were Sleeping, and I just thought it was funny that he came up, because when we were watching Hotel de Luna, I was like, I recognize that kid, he plays the teenager of everyone, he's Uh always the teenager in every movie. He's so versatile in his being a teenage version of someone. (laughs) Wow. I love him, I just like his face, and the... Teenage version of Munsu. They are both just cute kids. Yeah, cuties. And real good actors, because man, I am scared for them every time they have flashbacks. It's like I know that they survive, I'm aware, and I'm still panicking every time when they're on the screen in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. What happened down there? Ah! Oh! Oh, when, uh, when I was watching... So I was watching one of the episodes at work today, and it was one of the flashbacks where the there's like a second rumble that causes them to drop her on the stretcher. And I was like, oh, I think her head hit that rock. And then I, I completely forgot about it. And then I was like, why doesn't she remember anything? I was so cranky about it. I was like, how can she not remember that song? I completely forgot that she had memory loss. And I thought it was very funny to forget about someone's memory <laughs> loss. You can't have baby amnesia about someone having real amnesia. Yep. Whoa, I did not put two and two together. I'm dumb as that rock she fell on. Um, That makes so much sense. I just figured it was like a traumatic event, so she blocked it out. And you know, amnesia is a funny thing. It could be a little bit of a lot of things. Yeah. But she could definitely be like forcibly. Yeah. I thought it was just her dad saying, it's not something you should remember. And then she's like, I should forget. (laughs) It's forgotten. Goodbye. (laughs) You're right. You're right, dad. I won't. I won't remember it. I just forgot it. Thank you. (laughs) You are the wizard. (laughs) I can't even joke about this show because it's so, like, heartbreaking. I feel like a monster. And I feel like this is going to be a boring podcast until I start crying. Like, I know I'm going to cry, like, every episode of this podcast. (laughs) Maybe not episode one. I can't stop laughing. (laughs) So I am a monster. I'm like um, Moonsu, where I just laugh when I'm uncomfortable or I, like, don't know how to feel about something. I just laugh and laugh. laugh it up. Once again, relatable character trait. Yeah. I love how Minsu flirts. I just think that is the cutest thing in the world. Just like chasing someone across town, following them home. <laughs> and then like when they find you, you just kind of stare at them until they turn around to leave. And then you're like, wait, I have something to tell you. That scene <laughs> is so cute. Are you kidding me? Like she doesn't even know she likes him at that point. 
And clearly she does. Like, we get to know that she likes him before she does by those stupid, adorable flirting scenes. Yeah, she's um, she's awful at flirting, and it's perfection. I just, I like how she just stares at every man in her life, because <laughs> she just doesn't know what to say. No. Because that is very relatable. It's very relatable. Just, if you don't flirt that often, and then you have two attractive men that clearly want to be with you, like, what are you going to do? Stare at them blankly. A lot. So much. I love it. <laughs> So if you guys want to tell us about what you liked about this K-drama, <laughs> Emily's going to leave that silence in. You guys are all going to think that our podcast got it cut out, but it didn't. It didn't. We just had nothing to say because this is too brilliant and we're too yeah. dumb. It's a very, very good K-drama. And if you guys wanted to talk about what's going on with this K-drama, uh, there's a couple of places to reach out. Our first place is our email, which we will absolutely respond. If you send us an email about a drama, we'd love to chat with you about stuff. Our email is playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit up our Discord through Patreon. We're on Patreon at playonk. And there you can subscribe for so much bonus content where we review lots of shows that didn't make it on the podcast. And you can access our Discord, where we have a community of K-drama lovers to talk about all these K-dramas with, all of our feelings. Yes, um, I actually am really excited to do that, and then in the future, um, I really want to start setting up live viewings where we all watch them together and talk about it, so if you guys could just hurry and hop on that, <laughs> that would be really good, I'm excited. Please and thank you, we want to see you there. Yes, uh, we are on iTunes, if you wanted to rate, review, and subscribe, we would be happy to have you there, uh, that would help us start showing up on the the podcast listings it would really help us out and we'd appreciate you so much if you give us five stars we'll give you a shout out on the podcast because we love you so much yes we need validation um we are also on twitter we are at play on k and i'm on there constantly now i feel like 40 episodes ago we'd be like we're on twitter and we don't use it i'm sorry we'll never see you <laughs> if you tweet at us now i'm on it far too often I need a break, but I'm not going to take one. I love Twitter. Come say hi. Please come say hi. Maybe if y'all are saying enough hellos, then I too will get on Twitter. And it won't just be Emily. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Is that everything? Is that all of our communication stuff? No, there's four. Oh, our website. Um, We're so oh, dumb. No. Yeah, so if you go to our website, uh, it's playonk.com. We'd love to have you there. You can comment on episodes. You can sign up for our newsletter that we send out when we're letting you know that we're starting a new K-drama and uh, just, you know, like general stuff occasionally. And uh, we also have links to stuff like our Patreon on there. So you can go check that out. It's got beautiful art by Emily all up on there. One art. has beautiful one art many times. <laughs> Oh, yeah. For our newsletter, I was going to start sending out monthly what we watched, just so you know how many dramas we're watching. And I'll give them a little tiny review. Yes, that's actually a really great idea. So, yeah, hop Thanks. on that newsletter and we can just uh, chat about it there. Yeah. 
Thanks as always for our theme song to James Hevel. Thanks, James. We love this song and we love you. We love you and we love you all for listening. We'll see you next week for the next four episodes of Just Between Lovers. K-bye. K-bye.